they're here. Who are they? Don't know much about them, but I intend to find out. Sarah, this is Caleb Danvers. They are the descendants of a secret legacy. Come on, Caleb. It's not like it's gonna kill us. Yeah. Granted a world of untold power. Look at that. But their darkest secret. What's that? Caleb's family history. If it were me, I'd be careful. Was never meant to be shared. What is this covenant? Tell me the truth. Imagine having the ability to do anything you want. But the more you use the power, the more it weakens you. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is another toast episode. Uh, It's just us today, no guest. And we decided to do our uh, third toast episode on a doozy. I know I say that. I feel like I say that every week. A doozy. (laughs) That the movie that we're watching is a doozy. They usually are. I feel like it's justified. Yeah. This is a movie that I thought I had seen. But I think I had just seen The Craft and just assumed I had seen this one. <laughs> because obviously it is very much sort of aping The Craft. I guess it's it's almost 10 years. It's almost 10 years later. Uh, came out 10 years to the year almost that The Craft came out. Because I think The Craft came out in 97. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is The Boy Craft. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> The Covenant. And... Micah, explain to me your history with this movie. (laughs) Okay, so I was actually messaging my sister about this right before we started recording because I can't remember how we discovered this movie and I can't and she can't remember either. I just know that we saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively soon after it came out, we didn't see it in theaters though. Um, but it was it was relatively soon after it came out. I was in high school. Um, I started high school in two thousand and six, so somewhere around there. We can't remember how we first encountered it. We just know that we love it, and I still love it, and I'm so excited to talk about it today. Um. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll decide that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I had never seen it before, but it's so interesting that it involves so many of the uh, the slender, dark-haired boys of yesteryear. Uh-huh. And it, like like wild like there wasn't even a black one like the craft that I think is Mm -hmm. something that I picked up on specifically because my only point of reference for something like this is the craft and I was high as a fucking kite when I watched it (laughs) so I was picking up on the dumbest shit Uh, but before we get into the covenant (laughs) um, Micah do you have the Rotten Tomatoes score and consensus pulled up Sure do. Its score is 4%. (laughs) And uh, the critics' consensus is the covenant plays out like a teen soap opera full of pretty faces, wooden acting, laughable dialogue, and little suspense. And as a defender of the teen drama, uh, I am offended. Because (laughs) teen dramas were not that bad (laughs) in the two, we're not this bad, we're not like this movie. Like, there's the dialogue in this movie is written almost like an episode of Power Rangers. It is, and I and I mean that in all sincerity. Um, hey, I love the Power just, Rangers too, so I'm sensing yeah, a trend. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting because all of the dialogue is written to it with the exception of the Stephen Strait character and Caleb, excuse me. That's his name, correct? Yes. Yeah, Stephen Strait and his love interest. Ex- with the exception of them, every single piece of dialogue that comes out of the main characters is like expository, like is in some way supposed to propel the plot forward. Oh, and yeah. That is... Uh, that would be cool if it wasn't so noticeable because every time somebody is speaking, they are 
giving you backstory about whatever Ipswich is, or Mm -hmm. they're talking about the Ascension or something like that. But I told you I would let you take point on this. So you go (laughs) ahead and you take point. All right. So a a quick, like, I want to give like a quick mini summary before we go into our like... Um, long, probably full of tangents summary. Um, uh-huh. So this, in short, this is a movie about four allegedly high school boys. We've, we're back with the overdeveloped teens who I, I have too, yeah. <laughs> who have magic powers that they have inherited um, that is apparently inherited by the first male in their f- the first born male in their families um, and they get a little bit of power when they're 13 and then all of their power when they're 18 um, enter the love of my life Sebastian Stan who wants to murder the main boy and take his powers and or smooch him and or smooch him lot of um, homoerotic subtext in this movie um in those in those v lines mm, by the hip mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this movie stars uh steven straight or as i affectionately will always refer to him war and peace from sky high yes and yeah and this movie came out like the year after sky high didn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Strait must have got the Marvel treatment. Hold on. Let me... Those are both movies that I own, by the way. I own this movie, and I also own Sky High. Um, yeah, Sky High came out in 2005, so... Yeah, so he, he, got... was, he was... He likely filmed these back-to-back. Yeah. And which I find Marvel, so interesting. He got the Marvel chicken breast and broccoli treatment before yeah, this definitely, movie. definitely. Uh, it, 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 chicken best broccoli and and the other stuff that they don't tell you about uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah. but because everyone here in this movie has like less than 7% body fat every single person mm-hmm. maybe yeah. except for Sebastian Stan but that's because he is always clothed and yeah uh, disappointing so, my, my, one, yeah. my one major criticism of this oh wait no no he's not we do see him swim oh yeah yeah we yeah, see him yeah. swim and For then there's split second mm-hmm, and then there's a scene when the locker room where his like shirts all open i'm gonna be mm-hmm. really thirsty during this recording i'm i, no, I apologize fine. in advance it is a it is a movie who who that runs on like three commodities thirst <laughs> dutch angles <laughs> and new <new> metal <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's because it. this movie opens. Op- movie opens. It doesn't like it doesn't like carry that musical motif all the way through. But me and Will, we watched it, and we were sitting here, and uh, there are certain drops that are just like there was like a mood board for what they wanted the musical uh-huh. motif of the covenant to be, and that mood board was just the song <laughs> "Down with the Sickness." Yeah, yeah. We talked we talked in the last episode and fired up about how music can really set a time period in place for you and mm-hmm. I, this this is another great example of that the music it you can tell exactly when this takes place and what the vibe they're going for is mm-hmm. just in from the, the awesome sh- of 2006 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that is the vibe, that is the aesthetic that they were, you know what, they they were going for it, and they did accomplish it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they got that vibe, whether a good, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, that's what they accomplished. Yeah, so the other boys are Taylor Kitsch, uh, Chase Crawford, and as you said, Sebastian Stan, there's one more. He is blonde. I cannot remember the actor's name. Me Neither can I. to him as Aaron Carter the entire movie. That was my note. I have been trying to think of who else he reminds me of besides Eminem for years. And it, it is Aaron Carter. He is Aaron Carter. Like, mm-hmm. I... I, Come I get I, it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He is... He was always... Um, my least favorite one because he's a, he's a no 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 read oh. of the boys. <laughs> are we having are we having a Carter Brothers tangent? <laughs> I mean, we could because I really liked the Backstreet Boys too. 
No, I was a big fan of the Back to Street. I went, did you go to Burger King and get the action figures? And if you no. collected all the action figures that gave you the concert videotape? No, my mother thinks that Burger King is like filled with Satan or something. We never went. Oh, wow. So, that not, is... not literally. She is not not like literally. There are some things that she does think that literally I about. about. Say, I, I was about <laughs> to say, you really put your mama on blast on the show. <laughs> She just really despised Burger King, so we never went. Uh, she thought it was gross. I mean, she's not too wrong. Yeah, and Aaron Carter was my least favorite because of how he what how he did Hillary Duff mm, in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in that episode of Lizzie McGuire. That's why he looked like the opioid crisis now. Anyway, we start at this party, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like quintessential teens beginning of year party that i never went to i assume they existed yeah but but to get there they have to jump off of a cliff yeah for no goddamn reason <laughs> they, they got to jump off the cliff and do the superhero landing into the fog uh while papa roach or whatever is playing in the background uh-huh. and then they end up going to the party and everybody's like oh my god look who we here it's this as an Ipswich girl. You should go talk to. Oh my God, look at him. That's the tone. That's the antenna of the entire scene. Uh-huh. And and Jessica Lucas is there. Jessica Lucas, who I feel has been in like every third thing I've watched since I was like thirteen years old. <laughs> and, oh, she uh, has a new roommate, and she's introducing them to everyone. And and there's a lot of antics in terms of just like macho broy like yeah. posturing that goes on yeah that's all that the Aaron character exists to provide i feel is just like uh, yeah uh derek from the cheetah girls oh my god you're right mm-hmm. oh that's probably why i hated him in the cheetah girls uh, maybe oh every time i see him in something i'm because he's he's known i guess outside of cheetah girls for paying playing really unlikable characters but the only thing that i saw him in uh, basically until like maybe three years ago because he's on this like he was on a seal team show on the history channel that i watched for some inexplicable reason <laughs> and everything i've seen him in that's not the cheetah girls he's just been like these really unlikable people uh but yeah he's there pushing folks around um and with his his buddies his posse because uh. his girlfriend says that uh caleb is hot because that's just what you say to your boyfriend. Yeah, I, I I made a note that so his girlfriend's name is Kira. I said that Kira and Aaron are both pretty thirsty for apparently being together because he says she says that Caleb is hot. And then he says that Sarah, who is the like the necessary new girl, because um, mm. that has to be a plot point in your teen movie is there has to be a hot new girl and that is Sarah. He's commenting about how hot she is to Kira and so then she's mm. being bitchy to Sarah later. Um, so they're both very thirsty individuals uh, for them ostensibly being together. Yeah, and then there's all of this manufactured conflict until they say that the police are coming to shut the party down. This, this really intense like bonfire full of all of these kids who I assume are going to this High school? It is a high school, correct? Yeah, it's like a private prep school. Gotcha, because we couldn't tell because all of the <laughs> actors were 25. Yeah, and at least. The, but yeah, all these kids that go to this prep school, they're all having this crazy intense bonfire. There is like a DJ booth with like speakers <laughs> set up. And I was like, okay, but the police come and are, everyone's trying to get out and the boys are using their magic to like start cars and things to impress the girl. Cause there's a little bit of like love triangly, maybe not love triangly, but sort of lust triangly yeah. stuff that goes on between Steven Strait, Aaron Carter and the girl. Yeah. Yeah. And they they established early on that Reed, the Aaron Carter character, is like he is reckless and he uses his magic all the time. And they establish here at the beginning that, well, do they? They establish at least close to the beginning that the magic Mm -hmm. is like addictive and it'll age you. And so you should use it sparingly and Reed. These are teenage boys, so they're using it exactly the way you would expect teenage boys to be using addictive magic. And yeah, for them to so they can go home and get 
lectured by their exposition moms. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about a uh, drunk glamour mom later. <laughs> Um, but Reed it's established that like Caleb is the mom friend and he's always scolding the other boys for using their powers irresponsibly and Reed does nothing but use his powers irresponsibly that's what he does in the movie the whole time so he fixes Sarah's car and uh, Caleb is pissed about it because it's his life man and yeah so Addictive powers, Reed's irresponsible, and then he jumps into the Jeep because they are about to run from the police. No, not Jeep. Hummer? Because this is 2006. It, 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 it is a sport utility vehicle. Yeah. And... Uh, also, can we uh, just uh, another tangent? I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to disrupt no, you're good. The, the recap. The ADR in this movie is wild. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing that anybody says came out of the mouths of those people <laughs> on that day on set. Yeah, and oh, uh, I just back to Jessica Lucas. Jessica Lucas, I, I think. People might recognize her, if not from this, maybe from Cloverfield. She is usually the only uh, generically ethnic person that like a sci-fi movie will cast. Mm-hmm. Like she she was that until like Zoe Zaldana came along. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's wild to see her in all this stuff because she she never gets anything to do. She never got anything to do here. She doesn't get anything to do in Cloverfield. And she's always the uh, just here to say that, like, the movie isn't an all-white cast. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is basically her function in this movie. She is an exposition dump. So Sarah is the audience stand-in. So Sarah is the blonde new girl love interest. She's mm-hmm. the audience stand-in, and Kate provides all of the exposition about this group of high school boys whose group has a name, because that's ever been cool. And that's all Kate is there to do is provide Mm -hmm. exposition to Sarah. But I found myself being more fond of Kate this watch um, because I don't. After she got attacked by the spiders. Well, the, the whole time, mostly before, because after she gets attacked by the spiders, it's it's almost like, a, okay, we don't need Kate anymore. She's explained everything. We're going to sideline her. Um, mm. But when she is in, like, saying things in the film, she is spends most of her time being super frustrated at how annoyingly jealous her boyfriend Pogue is being. And mm, Pogue being the K- Taylor Kitsch character. Yes, correct? yes. Um before he went on to Waco and became... Oh, God, he kind of looks like Joey Pogue, too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Any of oh, our wow. listeners from yeah, Pitt sorry. State? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, we had a professor who wore exclusively cowboy boots and Birkenstocks, and he kind of looks like what Taylor Kitsch is probably going to look like in about 50 years. Yeah, he... Uh, man, that's wild. Never <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. Joey Pogue is probably never as sweaty as Taylor Kitsch is in this no. movie. We'll get back to the sweat. Yeah. But the... Uh, yeah, they they end up sort of in their sport utility vehicle of, uh, of unremarkable origin. <laughs> Uh, they end up running away from the police and there is this chase that is set to your finest, I don't know, Incubus or whatever. And uh, they're they trying to lose the police so they decide to drive off a cliff. And the police are scared and they don't want the kids to drive off the cliff so they're honking their horn and stuff. And then they finally do drive off the cliff uh, it, where Reed the blonde boy Aaron Carter goes, Harry Potter can kiss my ass, but he doesn't say ass because it was 2006 (laughs) and there was a trend in the mid to late 2000s where if you wanted to end your fancy catchphrase with a curse word, you just say the first syllable of that word and not finish it. Yeah. So he screams, he's screaming ass as their Hummer, I think it's Hummer, drives off a cliff and then lands behind the police car um their powers are not well defined Defined. (laughs) or defined at all they can just like 
their eyes turn black and they can apparently wield these like godlike powers that can do anything. Um, they're, I, they look like airbenders. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of airbender elements. Like all of all of their powers are like visually manifested by these like these sort of CGI transparent blobs of force yeah yeah which you you see those what there's once in a fight scene earlier in the movie and then primarily in the like climactic battle scene at the end which we will get to but then other than that they can apparently do anything else like just magically fix a car or teleport a hummer yeah that was that was a lot and i was too high to really be like wondering about uh <laughs> what the powers do they do whatever is convenient to the plot they at do that whatever moment. is convenient to the plot so they end up escaping the police and caleb goes home where his mother drunk glamour mom yeah greta garbo in all but name (laughs) uh is is there opining about how using magic is going to take her son away from her like it took her husband who we don't see there's just a picture there the husband sort of looks like rudger hauer from afar um (laughs) but the He's like, oh, mom, shut up. I know about the powers. And when I ascend, I'm going to get even more power and it's going to be fine. Uh, and there's a leopard. There's a taxidermy yeah, leopard. I was going to say, we have to talk about the aesthetic of Drunk Glamour Mom. So she's got her hair in this like very 40s, uh, sleek kind of tucked bob She's in full makeup, a white, like, long nightgown, like, long-sleeved floor-length nightgown, drinking scotch and smoking next to a goddamn taxidermy leopard. <laughs> it's, it's everything. It's everything I want to be. I'm surprised every other sentence wasn't ended by darling. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the, that's what she was sort of evoking there. But we we see them all in school. Uh, at the party, we, we met um, what was the Sebastian Stan's character's name again? Chase Collins. Yes. So the we meet him and he is talking to the provost and my only story about what a provost is, I'm not entirely sure what a provost is. All I know is I used to work for the school newspaper where we went to college and whenever they needed a quote from the provost they just sent me there because i just happened to have like two stories in a row where i needed a quote from the provost and so after those two stories came out whenever anybody needed a quote from the provost they just sent me to the provost nice. office <laughs> and I, not really i mean <laughs> you know there was i mean it's, she was a nice lady <laughs> But I, I I had to go see her like every month. I'm just like, oh, she's just like, what's the story about? And I'm just like, I barely know. I just need your opinion. Uh, but yeah, he goes to see the provost and he goes to class and they're talking. The classes don't matter. What ends up happening is uh, the girl, the main girl and Caleb end up linking up and having a fun drive through the Massachusetts and fall through the Massachusetts. Yeah. Like like there's any other ones. And <laughs> for a while, they're just driving and not no one's talking. And that was very bothersome. And then when they are talking, it's all just like super banal. Yeah. It, like, especially for the rest of the dialogue in the movie to just be in service of propelling the plot forward. Yeah. And then there's the most awkward line in the whole movie, or at least what? Mm, no, that's not true. One of the awkward lines in the movie is I was see, about to say, <laughs> yeah, I better, I better take that statement back. That'll come back to bite me later. Um, but he mentions something about how his father went to Harvard. Sarah wants to go to Harvard. Kate had told her that Caleb's father had died. And so she says something about, oh, yeah, Kate told me your father died. He says, oh, you've been talking about me. And she just, oh, you know, just girl stuff. (laughs) And that line bugs me so bad. (laughs) I remember that insofar that I remember, like, groaning at it. Um, He takes her to the bar 
Nikki's. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna take you to Nikki's. And she's just like, what's Nikki's? Um, he, and he's like, oh, maybe you want to like go take a shower or change. And she's like, why? And he's like, I'm taking you to Nikki's. Not that this is a place that she would need to change for, that she would need no, to take a shower for. Why would she not. need to take a shower to hang out with any of his friends? Because he and his friends are sweaty all the time Always. for no reason. Always perspiring constantly. They're all wearing and I tank that, tops so that we can see their like biceps and shoulder muscles. And I thought that they were sweaty because, as a sort of like visual manifestation of the toll that using the magic was taking on their bodies. I don't but think no, so. No, <laughs> that's that, that, that's not credit. it. I think I was just too high and thinking too much about it. <laughs> they wanted him to be sweaty because they think that girls think it's hot when boys are sweaty i don't know don't get me wrong all of the people in this movie are very attractive all of them with the exception of aaron carter oh uh, steven straight smiles a lot in it which is weird to see mm-hmm. because he never smiles in sky high i've seen a few episodes of that show the expanse i can't say positively whether or not he smiles on that show so i've never actually seen him smile so it's really off-putting when he does oh you're off-put by it because i am not (laughs) i just i I don't know just something about it i was like oh that's that's weird i didn't know your face could do that um (laughs) but it looks so nice when he does and uh, they go to the bar and Jessica, the Jessica Lucas character, I think you said her name was Sarah. She's sort of chatting mm-hmm. up Sebastian Stan, who at this point, oh, that's Kate. Everyone's like, that's Kate, Pogue's girlfriend, Kate. I've seen oh, this movie way okay. too many times. Yeah, Sarah is new blonde girl. Okay. <laughs> and Kate is Kate is uh, Jessica Lucas, and she, yeah, she's been chatting up Sebastian okay, Stan, yeah. which like, girl. <laughs> at one point, he like seductively tells her to call him after he like brushes a spider off her shoulder i was like listen girl pogue's acting a fool you call him (laughs) and and she's the one that's dating the taylor kitsch character and he gets very jealous yes um there's uh a lot of fighting and some foosball that happens uh and Aaron Carter wants to use magic on the people that they're fighting, but they end up dragging him out of the bar and he's like, you can't do it. And then he's just like, oh man, we can do whatever we want because we're witch boys. And (laughs) which, you know, is not very far off from the actual dialogue. It's not. (laughs) And then they are in the back of this bar uh, or in the back alley behind the bar having this argument that turns into a CGI airbender fight. Uh And Stephen Strait throws Aaron Carter into like some glass and is screaming at him about how he's going to ruin his life because he's the mom friend TM. And then him and Taylor Kitsch stare at each other for a very long time. Uh, and their outfits, which I, I can't say that I was around a terrible lot of white boys in 2006. (laughs) So, um, I didn't know if everybody, if, if just the style was like a, uh, a zip up, uh, performance fleece jacket over a wife beater. (laughs) I don't know if that was just everybody's style, but that's <laughs> that's what everyone's wearing in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> with the exception of Aaron Carter, who's accentuating the outfit with fingerless gloves. Yeah, yeah. He's dressed like Aaron Carter was dressed during this time period. Uh, He's dressed like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Back in like the, 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 he's got the cap and everything. Oh, God, I can't see that now. Uh, yeah, I went to a high school um, where, like, we propped the gym board, the gym door open with a cowboy boot uh, to keep it from locking behind you on the way to the ag oh, building. So, like, gotcha. this new metal aesthetic was <laughs> the not the aesthetic building. of my. <laughs> See, we, that's it, not funny. I know people are into that stuff, and I know that that's a thing. But that's just that, that's so funny. It had a greenhouse in it. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. So that was not <laughs> the white boys that I was exposed to at that time. So, like, at this time, I probably just thought, oh, well, that's what cool hot guys wear because there's none in of those cities. in my high school. Yeah, in the city. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always very entertained by 
what people who did not grow up in cities think cities are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're no more exciting than where you live. <laughs> There's just more people. Oh, boy. <laughs> So they so they have this this fight uh, because Reed is ruining his life and mm-hmm. and Caleb is trying to get him to not be addicted to their powers. Yeah. Um, and someone they know that someone used magic the night before um, yeah. because there's one plot point that we kind of skipped over. And that was that a kid was found dead in his car after the bonfire. So somebody oh, it took me a long time to catch up with that when I was watching the movie too. <laughs> so a kid, a kid was a kid was found dead in his car after the bonfire. Um, Sebastian Stan's uh, school ID was found in the car, and he was just like, "Oh, weird! How would he get that?" And then now <laughs> um, Stephen Strait's character saw what he calls a darkling. They never explain what a darkling is, but. Yeah. It they just look like dementors. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. So dementors who can shapeshift into dead people. Yeah. So so Stephen Strait is seeing visions of the dead kid that he calls a darkling, which is apparently something that someone else would have had to have sent to him that have their powers. So he and he thinks that it's Reed because uh Reed slash Aaron Carter is the only one who is using his powers with reckless abandon. Reed says it's not him. So that's really what that whole fight was about is uh, yeah. someone's using powers. Who is it? Um, Sebastian Stan. It's it's Sebastian Stan. Yeah, it, it, it was Sebastian Stan. And then the, there's a whole there's a lot of filler, but they eventually find out that there's something up with Sebastian Stan. And mm-hmm. what ends up happening is Sebastian Stan shapeshifts himself into uh, Caleb into the Stephen Strait character and tricks Sarah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> tricks Sarah into uh, like going back to her dorm room and then the actual Caleb shows up. Sarah has also been having nightmares about spiders. Yes. Uh, she's like very vivid nightmares too where they're like all up over her and all up in her ear and climbing into people's faces and stuff. This is like the only thing where they're trying to be creepy and I think it works. Um, it does work. I was I was just tossing and turning in this recliner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this the whole spider motif. It and, and it runs through the movie. So that is one actual like <laughs> filmmaking thing that that that's the one thing that they accomplish well <laughs> in the movie is that you there's you see spiders. The first time you see a spider, Sebastian Stan is there, and then after that, Sarah keeps having these nightmares about spiders, and then Kate. Um, gets end up getting sick and then gets sent to the hospital and they're like it's like she's been bitten by hundreds of spiders which freaks Sarah out because she's been having these nightmares and then you come to find out that it is a spell that Sebastian Stan put on Kate which again these weirdly defined powers they're airbenders who can also do like witchcraft style spells yeah um, which uh, also it's like okay so there's like the the big magic fight that they have in her dorm room right yeah because uh, sebastian Stan knocks her out and they end up fighting in the dorm room which i guess no one else can hear even though they're smashing each other through walls <laughs> yeah. and stuff and uh it, it, and sebastian Stan has like a monologue about how he was i guess the lost son of Ipswich and didn't know how to control his powers, but he needs more powers if he's gonna survive. So, no one ever gonna survive. Caleb needs to willingly give up his powers on the night of his ascension, which is also his birthday. And it, Caleb's like on the ground, and again, they're all wearing their sort of uh, uh, hot topic. <laughs> And or Rue 21 best. And <laughs> Sebastian Stan is standing over him, just sort of monologuing about how he needs all this powers, all of his powers. And I was just like, so are they going to make out? <laughs> because if this was a guy and a girl, they'd be making out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like so hard. Yeah. For sure. But then but then Sebastian Stan does uh throw young 
2006 gays who uh who snuck into this movie because it's gonna be cool because uh, uh, uh yeah like it's like witches and stuff but it's like magic it's like harry potter but they uh also play avenge sevenfold and so the, those kids they got to sneak in and uh see sebastian stan smooch Stephen Strait, if just for a split second, um, uh, amidst all these scenes of them uh, all slender and sweaty and shirtless. Oh, yeah. All of them just like walking through the locker room, just not a shred of clothing to be seen, which I feel like was it's also just, just like fan service for all of the teenage girls that are watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you s- oh yeah, it, it was primarily for them. I understand that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying, 14 year old gay boy in whatever small town that this was playing at the movie theater uh, in 2006. I see you. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This is I see you and I love you and mm-hmm. I hope that your life is better now. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 eye candy for anyone who wants to look at handsome men. They are there a plenty. Okay, and speaking of the handsome men, it's so interesting that Sebastian Stan his career was the latest bloomer from this movie. Yeah. Uh, because right after this, I believe Taylor Kitsch went into, uh, the show Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Either, either after or during. Yeah. And, uh, right after this, Chase Crawford was, uh, on Gossip Girl. Yeah. And Stephen Strait, it took, it took a while for him to like really find footing too, until the expanse, I think. So maybe, maybe he was the latest bloomer, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Sebastian Stan was, was right up there because, uh, it was maybe it was what, um, five years after this until he got his first sort of big break with, the Marvel movies yeah. and Captain America. Because he first was Avenger. on Gossip Girl as well, actually. He just wasn't main cast. He doesn't show up until, well, I can't remember which season he shows up in, actually. But he's only like, he's like a recurring character. So he's just kind of in and out on Gossip Girl. So he wasn't like main cast the way Chase Crawford was. Yeah. Um. So he's doing kind of stuff like that, like, like guest spots in smaller movies until um, Marvel hit him. Yeah. So um, they end up uh, finding out that Sebastian Stan sent all them spiders after Jessica Lucas. (laughs) And uh, Taylor Kitsch is, uh, for lack of a better word, nonplussed. Yeah. They find this out in their meeting, in their secret lair. In their secret lair that's like, like littered with like lit, candles like yeah. loose lit candles yeah, it, I, it was it, it's either a crypt or the set of a boys to men music video yeah it's it's wonderful i love that they have it um like like which one of them went around and lit all the candles like which which one of y'all like i bet i bet it was tyler like you know that because he's like the baby one right like <laughs> you know they mm-hmm. just are like Tyler, light all the candles. I don't want to light the candles. And they make Tyler light all the candles because like spooky shit. He has to get shit. there like 30 minutes before everyone. Because <laughs> he has to light the candles. Just grumbling while he does it. <laughs> We're going to ignore the fact that like we see them make fire with their powers in that scene. And obviously they probably could have just done and it. Just assume he has like one of those like long Bic lighters. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just want to <laughs> see Tyler. I want to see Chase Crawford with a Bic lighter muttering to himself while he goes around and lights literally like dozens and dozens of candles in their secret lair. Uh, yeah. So uh, Joey Pogue. <laughs> ends up going <laughs> ends up going after uh Sebastian Stan on his motorcycle his uh very obviously Ducati branded motorcycle and is gonna like run him down I guess. in the motorcycle I guess but then um Sebastian Stan is like bitch you thought and like lifts <laughs> it off the ground with his airbender powers and, and fucks him up and sends him to the hospital and Caleb goes to see him in the hospital and he's just like don't don't go don't do it and then Caleb's like what he's like don't go you don't want to fuck with him (laughs) and then and then uh and then Caleb's like I can't hear you and he's just like don't go near that nigga damn (laughs) 
And, and that scene where he he beats him up on his motorcycle, where Sebastian Stan beats up uh, our our boy Pogue, is mm-hmm. I think the first of the really heinous instances of poor Sebastian Stan being given the dumbest dialogue. Because uh, he has oh, yeah. he has a little oh, monologue yeah. about little Miss Muffet because of the whole spider thing. Oh yeah. Once once he becomes overtly villainous, the dialogue it, they it, give him is just the it's cheesiest. Power Rangers. It's so Power Rangers. It's, it's Power bad. Rangers, and I'm not making that just to say like because Power Rangers dialogue is bad because it's a kid show. No, it is written dialogue wise like an episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. I would be, I would not be shocked if this person was like on Power Rangers at some point because that's the way the people are talking and um, he ends up uh, Sebastian Stan kidnapping Sarah yes and (laughs) taking her to Derek Hale's house from Teen Wolf (laughs) and uh he goes in there and he's just like oh man it's your ascension day actually yeah he ends up kidnapping her even though they like had a plan in place but yeah uh, Aaron Carter and Chase Crawford are like uh, two fucking dumb shits who don't really do anything. <laughs> they so, had one uh, job, and their job, job was to watch Sarah at the dance and not let her get kidnapped while Stephen Strait goes and deals with evil Sebastian Stan. They lose her immediately. <laughs> they don't even get yep. inside the school, and they lose her immediately and that brings me no end of amusement like they had one job and they failed spectacularly and he ends up going to the barn and seeing there floating you know like people do in in witch stuff uh-huh. and a lot of uh, more more monologuing uh more like it's time for me to get your power are you ascending because he starts ascending and starts like floating up into the air and more power is getting into him and then they start their airbender fight but not before but not before <laughs> sebastian stan says something to the effect of the effect of i'm gonna make you my weach how about i make you my weach. My weach, yeah. Yeah, I knew we had to My talk about My weach. <laughs> I literally, literally, I screamed. At, Will was laughing. I screamed at the TV. I was like, Micah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I told you. I was like. You were warned. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> my my heart really goes out to Sebastian Stan because here's the thing. I think he's doing as good of a job as anyone could have done um as this villain. With Weach. With We yeah. Like like the, the dialogue that they give him is just heinous. And I can't fault him for that. It, that is the screenwriter and all of the many, many other people who let that script go by them without changing that. <laughs> so I don't fault Sebastian Stan with that. Um, it sounds silly and ridiculous in the worst way, but he, he can't help that. That's not it's not Sebi's fault. Other than that, I think he's fun. He's got this really, like, manic energy, and he seems to be going full camp with it. Like, like, listen, if he's going to have to say weach, at least he, like, goes all in. Well, yeah. Is, oh, have you seen the show Girls? Oh, yes. Okay, so... All but, like, the last couple here. of seasons. I couldn't handle uh, Lena Dunham anymore. But you've seen the first, like, two, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's... Uh, Allison Williams, her character's like second love interest, uh, was played by Jorma Tacone from the uh, Lonely Island. He's like this art dealer guy. Oh, yeah. I remember that guy. Uh, yeah. And there's this point where they're like hanging out and they're like being friendly and stuff like that for most of their interactions up to this point. But I think it's this point where they're like hanging out after a party and he turns to her and he's just like, he says something to the effect of like something like, um, I don't know when. Uh, maybe soon, maybe later, but like, I'm gonna fuck you. And like, just walks away. And that, in, in, to his credit, they do end up fucking or whatever. Yeah. But like, 
that exchange in that episode of Girls is the entirety of Sebastian Stan's performance in this movie. Yes. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. Um and, and, and I feel like the entirety of Sebastian Stan just like period. Because I showed Micah this video of Sebastian Stan macking on Sharon Stone real fucking hard. <laughs> and it is almost uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> But hey, if I was Sharon Stone, goddammit, it, it would have worked. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not. I, look, I am not saying that it wouldn't have worked on me. I'm just saying <laughs> that Sebastian Stan speaks to you as if he is like behind you while you're opening the door to your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is Sebastian Stan's base level. <laughs> And you take that however you want to, because however you take it is going to be right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I can't I can't (laughs) argue with it. You're not wrong. (laughs) But yeah, they end up having this uh, firefight. It's not a firefight. It's an airbender fight because they're just sort of like throwing strings and blobs of transparent CGI at each other. Yeah, it's really dumb, and I've always been mad at it, um, because they establish all of the, like, myriad neat witchy shit that their powers can do in the rest of the movie, and then, like, this is how they choose to manifest it in the final battle. Like, that that was a writing thing that I have always thought was dumb. Like, you establish that all of this, like, weird, cool... I say cool very loosely. Um, But, like, you establish all the other ways that this power can work, and your decision for the final big battle is just transparent blobs that they chuck at each other. And that's it. Yeah, and then uh, we skipped... Yeah, we skipped over uh, the fact that his dad is actually still alive, but like he's magic too much. So now he's like uh, Voldemort, but like Harry Harry Potter and the uh, Goblet of Fire, like beginning of that Voldemort. (laughs) And uh, they end up sending the rest of his magic powers to Caleb so he could finish fighting Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Drunk um, glamour mom shames her husband who looks like he's 104 but is apparently only 44 and shames (laughs) him into committing suicide via willing his powers to Stephen Strait which is what Sebastian Stan wants Stephen Strait to do to him because apparently Mm -hmm. after you ascend your power becomes your life force if you will it away which is something you can do you die and so that is what drunk glamour mom uh shames her husband into doing for her son and and he does it yeah and then he sends uh he sends old sebi packing into a a giant fireball yeah that may or may not have been a some sort of wormhole because later they talk about there not being a body so mm. yeah i guess so <laughs> I don't uh, know. and then the police come and they put the fire out and they drive off into uh the leaves <laughs> of massachusetts <laughs> and to uh you know whoever was popular there in 2006 so i could not name a single band <laughs> Yeah, that's the covenant. Yep, that's the we finally did it because I feel like welcome. we've been talking about it since like the first episode. Oh yeah, I've been wanting to do this for ages. I yeah. love this movie. So, <laughs> we're gonna come back, and for the first time ever, CJ is gonna struggle to give a movie three freezing. <laughs> oh no! How about I make you my weach? So we are back. It's freezy time. This is the part of the episode where we give out awards. They can be positive. They can be jokes. Uh, You know, whatever uh, strikes our fancy at the moment. Uh, Micah, I would like you to give your freezies first because I'm sure you have them like planned out because I didn't. Oh, I did. Because again, I stopped taking notes around like the 25 minute mark because I was too high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, my first freezy goes to everyone's abs. Uh, everyone in this film has them. And I have enjoyed 
looking at them since 2006, along with... I, like, looked at the screen, and I was just like... I turned to Will, and I was like, I don't think that I will ever in my life have that little body fat. No, never. And I'm personally okay with that. Yeah, because there are... I, I like cookies too much. So Man, it's never going to yeah. happen. Has, has anybody ever had a fried pork chop? <laughs> no. <laughs> like... None of them. Not for at least the six months before filming. Probably much longer. Yeah. Um, so, like, along with that freezy goes um, the decision to make them swimmers. They just picked the sport that would expose the maximum amount of skin. And uh, I'm super, super okay with that. I was super fine with that decision. Um, my second freezy goes is my it's it is my hunch from Rockadoodle best supporting actor, and that goes to Wendy Clausen as drunk glamour mom. Uh, I especially enjoyed her <laughs> in this in this viewing. She is literally only an exposition dump, but she says, you know what? If I'm only gonna deliver clunky dialogue that just gives you exposition i'm gonna do it drinking scotch next I'm gonna do it slurring yes just drunk as hell at midnight in my 1940s peak glamour nightgown full makeup cigarette just in my fingers I really enjoyed Drunk Glamour Mom this 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 time. Uh, she is everything I want to be when I am, like, middle-aged. I will not be unless I marry really, really rich, and that's not looking too promising. So, uh, and my final freezy, oh, Sebi. It goes to Sebastian Stan. My crush on him began with this movie. Um, that probably says more about me than it does about him. Um, but it began here and he did his best. They gave him some really stupid dialogue. When he closes his, yeah. When he closes his mouth, it always looks like like he was eating mashed potatoes and <laughs> someone told him a funny joke. But he can't laugh at it because he can't <laughs> No, and that's not it's just How dare you do my Sibby that way. <laughs> it's it's like how Tom Holland always looks like there's a frog in his he mouth does. trying to jump out. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not anything that makes him like unattractive or anything. It's just like it's just like he was eating something and then someone told him a funny joke and <laughs> he can't laugh at it because his mouth is full. <laughs> yeah, he he gets my final freezy. I maintain that he was not bad in this given the like audaciously stupid dialogue that they gave him. I felt like he kept his composure. Um, this might be biased because I am so attracted to him, but um, I thought that he was at least fun. He had this like manic kind of energy that while it wasn't enough to dispel the stupidity of his monologues, was at least fun. So those are my three. Well, uh, I, uh, I've got some freezies. Um, I don't think that this first award is for the best ADR, but the most ADR. <laughs> uh, I don't think a, there's a single scene in this movie where someone did not have to come in and dub over their original performance <laughs> in some capacity. Um, not not one single one. Yeah, because it was distracting and uh, kudos to them for getting the movie out <laughs> uh, uh, against all odds, it seems. <laughs> um, the second freezy that I have goes to, um, like, hot dudes. If you're into hot dudes, uh, especially uh, slender dudes, uh with lots of abs and who all look like they came from this sort of like negative universe Abercrombie and Fitch model catalog, then the covenant's probably for you. They're not much beyond that because <laughs> everyone's performance is very stilted <laughs> and uh, people are always squinting and always sweaty. 
but yeah, hot dudes. They're there. <laughs> That's what the title of the movie should be. <laughs> the Covenant, colon, hot dudes. Uh, because it is basically a gay porn, but nobody fucks. <laughs> So it's if, if, uh, like, I, yeah, that's that's freezy number two. And my third and final freezy uh, goes to Jessica Lucas, uh, f- who has the most thankless career in all of Hollywood. True. Uh, because she is there to be not white and uh, afraid. Pretty much. <laughs> and she does her job very serviceably. So. Uh, shout out to Jessica Lucas. And those are my freezies. And this is the point of time in the episode where we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burnt. That was a lot of like double negatives, I feel like, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Micah, still fresh or freezer burnt, the covenant go. Still fresh, baby. I love this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's real, real stupid, but it's the kind of fun, stupid that that I enjoy watching. And listen, even if you don't enjoy the dialogue or the uh, wooden acting, there's there's stuff to look at. There's people to look at. If you like men or women, everyone in this movie is I was about pretty. To say, there's 24 things to look at specifically yes like every everyone in this movie is uh pretty at least um it's it's not going to get any diversity points that's for damn sure uh as we previously discussed about jessica lucas but i still have fun every time i watch this movie and listen sebastian stan is there how could it be freezer burnt CJ, I have um, a feeling you're going to disagree with so me. So I'm going to say freeze about, like, yeah. If you're into all the stuff that we said before with hot guys, and if you're just watching it high because it is free on Crackle <laughs> and with commercial breaks, that's how I found out about a restaurant called Taco John's. So there's that. <laughs> and <laughs> that was uh, offering up breakfast burritos, one of which was steak and shrimp. I'm not getting a steak and shrimp burrito. <laughs> gross from taco john's <laughs> what the fuck? uh I, I don't even know what taco john's is for real and i know that that's a bad idea but yeah the covenant a movie so memorable that i had to spend the last like 30 seconds talking about a restaurant that i don't know anything about <laughs> and sebastian stan is there he is he and steven Strait and chase crawford and to a lesser extent uh taylor kitsch are very attractive people so are Jessica Lucas and uh, this nondescript white girl that the movie hinged on for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. And if you watch it and you don't like it, tweet Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be mad about it. I'm not. <laughs> I don't lack the awareness to know that this is a god awful movie. Um, but nor will I stand to be shamed for liking it either. So <laughs> that I will not abide. So you can tweet at me, uh, but I will not abide being shamed. Nor will I shame you if you hate it. I understand. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that wraps up another episode of Below Freezing. Michael, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Loki Stroke the Lemur, and you can tweet me your covenant thoughts at Micah Renee B. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CJ period, that's C E E J A Y period. That's the word. I'm assuming you know how to spell it. You can find the show at below 32 pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you leave us a review, we'd be eternally grateful for it. Five star reviews. If you so, if you're so inclined to give us one, make sure other people have access to the show pushes the show up some sort of arbitrary uh, chart (laughs) uh, on iTunes. But uh, we also want to hear your not five-star reviews. We want to know what we could be doing better. We want to know what we should keep doing because you like it. And uh, next week, our buddy Dan Purcell is finally coming back. That's going to be fun. (laughs) And with him, we are watching... uh, Is this the first Disney movie? It might be unless hook was disney hook was not disney okay then yeah so this is our first disney movie 
that which is wild because me and Micah are Disney people TM. Oh yes. Yes we are. <laughs> uh but yeah, we'll be uh unthawing Max Keeble's big move with Dan Purcell uh of the mixed down and uh Dan Purcell singing fame. That should be fun. That movie has Josh Peck in it. Uh, back when Josh Peck was chubby and cute. Oh. And, uh, and Lil Romeo, I think. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. We're going all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. But until then, y'all stay frosty. Frosty.